We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and welcome to our After Halloween radio show. Hope you had a great Halloween, everybody. Hope that everyone's safe and you got a lot of candy. We're going to kick off the show by talking to me and Michelle and Morgan about Gem and the Holograms. Also, we're going to be talking about Suffragette, Inside Out DVD release, Paranormal Activity, Bridge of Spies, the Philly Film Festival, Peanuts the Movie, and also Houdini. I'm glad to have you guys on the show. Let's get started by Mia talking about what did you like about Gem and the Holograms? Well, one of my favorite parts was the music. The music was upbeat and pop, and it was very catchy. Certainly. I mean, this looks like a very cute film. And I don't know, I never heard too much about Gem. I understand it's based off an old television show. So, um, Michelle, what are your impressions on the film? Honestly, I, I wasn't really into it that much. I don't know if it's because um, I'm getting older now and I'm not used to the girly little films, but I feel like it wasn't really that original. Totally understand this. I'm a little bit over Transformers and G.I. Joe, even though I was a big fan of them. <laughs> now I'm like, well, they were awesome, but now I'm a little bit older, so understood about that <laughs> growing up. But Morgan, what about your impressions of this film? I absolutely loved it. I agree. The music was very catchy and upbeat. I had the pleasure of being able to meet Stephanie Scott, who plays Kimber, and I loved her acting. And she was just a sweetheart, and she just had to be her exact same self on and off stage. And she was absolutely amazing in this film. Now, see, it looks like the film did please the general audience and the audience that this was intended for. So that's really good. Now, Morgan, you mentioned you met one of the actresses. Who was that again? I'm sorry. Stephanie Scott, who plays Kimber, who is is one of Jem's or Jerrica's sisters. Did you ask her any questions about how she made the film? Is there anything you want to spill the beans on? Actually, I met her at other events, but she's just simply amazing. And this is a great film that she got to be part of. And I'm really happy for her. And she was just great and simply amazing and did a great job. And she's my friend, personally. And she never told me anything about this movie, but I got to see it, and I'm really happy that I did. That's fantastic. Now, Mia, you talked about that we talked about the music, but what about the story aspect in this film that made you really invested? Well, I really like the emotion because I feel like it could be related to families and what maybe famous people are going through, which I thought was pretty cool. How so? Can you elaborate on that? So they lost their dad, and that's kind of where Synergy, the robot, come in. Is that's what they had in memory of their dad and they had to go through mysteries with synergy and it kind of brought their family together i'd say almost love through the power of music that's absolutely amazing i love those stories where we have like an art of some sort and how it just brings families together because that's true art and music does bring families together now, Michelle, why is it called Gem and the Holograms? I hear there's a backstory about that at all. Gem and the Holograms, when Synergy, this little robot that her dad had created, there is a secret message he had left for her, and it's a hologram. So I think that it symbolizes not only her, but her sisters as well. A hologram? So is this like set in the future, or just it's, it's, it's the conceit of the movie? Yeah, the conceit of the movie. Conceit of the film. Now, you mentioned that you really didn't get into the film. I understand that's mostly because... We're getting older and it's just, it's not particularly for your age range. But what is it that kind of made you not really into it besides the obvious reason I mentioned? It was very, very cheesy. It felt like every other movie I have seen on Disney Channel or whatnot. Also, I was once a huge fan of Justin Bieber and I am, I'm almost positive that it's the same director as the Justin Bieber documentary. And it was nearly identical. First of all, he was discovered by a YouTube video and then they put this whole montage of fans saying like, I love you, Gem. And it just felt like Justin Bieber documentary, but... In this case, Jerrica. And I felt like this is kind of getting old. Well, I can understand that. I mean, it's this doesn't seem like a film. It sounds like a film that's personally directed towards me. But it seems like Morgan and Mia really enjoyed the film. And so 
totally understand why, but there are films like those. But at least Mia and Morgan enjoy. So Morgan, what else besides the acting did you enjoy? Like, did you enjoy the kind of filming they did for this film? I really liked the filming. I think they did a great job bringing back Molly Ringwald on the screen, and she looks great, who played Aunt Bailey, and Juliette Lewis also did a great job. And I think the director really made these characters pop out at you and make them really realistic, because I can see a family doing that and being separated because of their dad, but then bringing them back together with the power of music and the animation for the holograms and such was just great. And I really wonder if that robot was really made or if they animated that. If they did animate it, great job. Kudos to the animators. Definitely. Because that did really look like a real robot. So I just really like this film, and I think it also has a great message for little girls. It tells them just to be themselves, and also for little boys, too, to be themselves, just go out there, and when life gets tough and rough, just keep on going through, and you'll find your silver lining. Well, that sounds like a nice little message, especially for a cute little film. Well, thank you so much, Mia, Michelle, and Morgan, for talking about Gem and the Holograms. It seems like a cute film, so if you want to check out the film, go check it out. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We'll be talking about the films Inside Out, Paranormal Activity, Bridge of Spies, Philly Film Festival, The Peanuts Movie, and Houdini. Right now, I'm talking with Morgan, and continuing to talk to her about a different film, which looks absolutely spectacular. Suffragette, starring Meryl Streep, Helen Bonham Carter. With those two names alone, you should go to see the film. But let's talk about it. Morgan, what were your impressions with this film? I absolutely loved this film. And it showed that life back in the 19th century, when women still did not have the right to vote in Britain, was really realistic. And there are still many countries that are like this, even now, that don't allow women to vote. Which I really liked at the end credits, when they showed those, I want to say thousands or hundreds of those countries. But still, it was absolutely an amazing film, and kudos to the scene people who did the scenes, because I really felt like I was in the 19th century, and they did just a great job with the scenery and everything. So, thank you so much. I'm not trying to get too political, but I yes, I agree, Morgan. There is a problem with gender equality nowadays, there's not equal pay, and I'm not going to try to get too polit- political, but it is still, it still exists, and this film is another reminder that it's happening back then, and it's not as, but I still feel like that it's still happening, and it's still a big issue in, well, our world. I'm happy to see films that do deal with issues like that, and again, amazing actions to portray these people. Now, this was based off a true story. Did you feel like, you said you were immersed with the history, especially for your age range, did you feel like that this film really did teach you about what happened back then. It was not just a documentary, but still in a cinematic way. Yes, it did, because it basically showed how mothers and daughters, well, had to become foot soldiers, and men and people labeled them as rebels because they had to blow up government facilities, blow up tons and tons of mailboxes. They had to burn things, throw rocks into windows, and had to do so much to show men that they're not just rebels, but that they had no choice but to rebel, and that they were being inequals, and they were being treated this way because of inequality. And men could be able to throw their women out on the streets and stuff, and people would be like, oh, who cares? It was the woman's fault, not the man's fault. And even when women were stuck with jerk husbands, they still had to be treated like a dogs with their children and everything because they couldn't even ask for a divorce. And the husbands also had custody of the kids, no matter what. Well, with that speech, people are honking for you in the background, just of how powerful this message is. Now, does this film, um, you're mentioning a lot of brutal imagery. Does this film show this brutal imagery? Yes, it does, actually. And it made me feel a bit uncomfortable. But what can we say? History is history, and it's just not pretty. And nor is this story, because it's really realistic. And it shows you about the triumphs and the difficulties that they had to do. And it was really hard to leave them out, I can believe, because without them, it would basically just be no reason why the women had to do these. And then technically be like, oh, the women did this all, but no, the men had a huge part of this too. Well, I'm happy to see filmmakers actually take a stand and actually create a film that shows a darker side to it. I like it when people make the audience uncomfortable. That's not an easy thing to do. I mean, if you want to make your audience uncomfortable, you got to do it in a very, I would say, some sort of matter that it's not too uncomfortable that your audience is just like not looking away, but enough for them to be watching and just see the reality and brutality of history. Now, I mentioned the actresses and there's many others, Carrie Mulligan. So, tell us, let's get into a deeper 
conversation of how their acting was in this film. Of course, there's Meryl Streep, who everybody loves, believe me. And that also includes Carrie McGillan, who is my favorite character. She plays Maude Watts, and even though she finds herself frustrated when she begins to realize how unfair her life is, although she would rather stay out of the fight and have a peaceful marriage and have a good kid and, well, what can we say? Fate happens. Just does. And she's placed right in the center of this war. But um, she gave an Oscar-winning performance through it all. And this is why she was my favorite character because she brought me to tears, like, I want to say two or three times. And I had to, like, bring a box of tissues because I was using them so much. And it was amazing and just simply astonishing to watch her grow and change into a powerful force that nobody should deal with or even mess with because of how powerful she was. The makeup department also did a great job because what happened was they turned her into a very plain and sad person, but if you look at her IMBD page in real life, she's very bubbly and energetic, so kudos to them also. Especially since it's supposed to be kind of a darker kind of story, I mean, definitely. Yeah, this film, I just, I gotta see it. I didn't get to see it yet. I gotta go to the movies. I need to take a time to just go to the movies and just practically live there. Well, thank you so much, Morgan, for talking about Suffragette. It looks absolutely amazing, so thank you very much, Morgan. Let's take a break. This is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Hugh Blakesley, and we are sponsored by Doozers from N-Circle Entertainment. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Suffragette, Jim, and the Holograms. We're also going to be continuing talking about Bridge of Spies, Philly Film Festival, The Peanuts Movie, and Houdini. Right now, I'm talking with Samantha and Ryan on the Inside Out DVD release with bonus features. I'm glad to have you guys on the show. Now, let's get into it. So, Ryan, tell us a bit about the DVD extras. 
So, some of the DVD extras on the DVD would have to be the deleted scenes on the bonus feature DVD, which you can get for the combo pack. And in the deleted scenes, this shows the scenes that were not in the final cut. And some of the scenes were for a different plot of Inside Out that the director, Pete Doctor, was working on. And that's one of the features. Another feature would have to be the making of Inside Out. And that would be in the Blu-ray DVD. And that explains the process of how Inside Out came to be because there was uh, different plots. Because one fun fact you'll learn is that Inside Out was supposed to have 26 emotions, but really? they really they simplified it into five emotions. Now, I think that sounds absolutely fascinating because I'm a film geek. Every time I get a DVD, I have to see if there's any extras because I want to see how they made the film because I'm just that excited about films. Now, I love that we get to see like the different types of stories we would have tackled because with a f- concept like this, so many stories could have been done. So, if you want to check out those stories, go check out the, the DVD to see what other possibilities there could have been for this film. Now, Samantha, what else did you enjoy about the extras? Well, in the extras, they also had little short films that weren't exactly related to the film, like a short film I like called Lava. It was a musical yes. about an isolated volcano that I just wants to love. And I really liked it. I thought it was very cute. And they also had a lot of other short films that went along with the movie well, but they weren't exactly how they made the movie, like the making of the movie, like kind of sequels to the movie. Pixar, you do some of the best shorts, by the way. I just gotta say, I love every time it's a Pixar film, I'm excited to see those shorts coming out with those films. So, I'm excited to hear that they have those shorts on there. Now, Samantha, whenever you get a DVD, are you excited to see these extras? I'm always very excited to see the extras because, of course, like, the movies are always great from getting DVD. But the extras, like I said before, they usually have, like, sequels to the movie or other things. So, I'm just excited to see, like, what they put in the bonus features and extras. Certainly. And besides, I like just getting the DVDs because that's my own personal collection. Just having a whole collection of DVDs. And it's just fun to have. Now, Ryan, what was your favorite aspect of the DVD extras? My favorite part of the DVD extras would have to be the shorts. And I love the shorts because they're very enjoyable for all ages. For example, Lava. I really enjoyed the song and the things you can infer about Lava. And I, and I liked how it rhymed as the story was going on. And another short I liked was Riley's First Date, which I found hilarious. Oh. And my favorite part of Riley's First Date was when you guys see the dad's emotions and thoughts about character that Riley was supposed to be so-called dating and it's really funny and that's like one of my favorite extras now see that concept alone seeing the emotions on a little girl's first well not I won't call it little anymore but a growing girl's first date that's just comedy gold Pixar if you're listening right now if you don't have enough budget to do an inside out sequel which I'm not usually the one to advocate for Disney sequels but please create more shorts because these shorts would be hilarious I mean we you still create the Toy Story shorts so create some inside out shorts there was just so many different things you can play along with that and I think Disney is creative enough to do that so Samantha let's actually talk about the, the film itself what was your favorite part of Inside Out my favorite part of Inside Out was the beginning because I felt like the beginning was like very creative how they introduced all the feelings how all the feelings came in from when Riley was a baby to like as she grew up and I thought that was very creative and I really enjoyed it that's the one word to explain this film it's just absolutely creative I mean what would you expect from Pixar Disney so Ryan what is your favorite character in Inside Out my favorite character would be Joy voiced by Amy Poehler I say that because I liked how the actress made the character sound extremely happy and I liked how Joy was always positive and I liked how the drawing of Joy it had a nice glow because there's this one scene where you saw the darkness and Joy was I think really glowing and I like how the character was designed and the personality this character has as an optimistic character definitely the design of these characters totally fit their personality and I think Amy Poehler in real life is an animated character she's just so hilarious and every time she has a voiceover role she's so funny 
Any of you seen Mighty B? I remember watching it, but I don't remember all the details because it's been a while. Of course. Well, it was an old Nickelodeon show, and she wrote, and she was an she was hilarious as a voiceover actress. So seeing her back behind the microphone is always pleasant to wa- to listen to and to watch. So Samantha, what would you say would be maybe another story that this film? Because I mentioned that they should make that Pixar should make some shorts. What would be a scenario that you would like to see Riley go through and see through the perspective of her emotions? Well, I would kind of like to see her like have her own kids and see like her emotions how they react to like when her kids go through everything that like she went through because like her parents handled it very well when she went through like all these like mood swings and when she started like dating people in the shorts and stuff and I would like to see how she how her emotions handle all that as she's an adult I like that and that would be an interesting and actually thought provoking uh, movie to create to see the emotions age of her because that's what Inside Out shows how we grow up and how our emotions grow up and that's another reason why this film is still absolutely extraordinary. Well, thank you so much, Samantha and Ryan, for talking about the DVD release of Inside Out. It's been a pleasure as usual. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Inside Out DVD releases, Suffragette, Gem, and the Holograms, and we're going to be continuing talking about Bridge of Spies, the Philly Film Festival, and the Peanuts movie, and Houdini. Right now, I'm talking to Miles about Tomorrowland for the DVD release. How are you doing, Miles? Good. Fantastic. So, let's talk about this film. Since it is coming on DVD, let's just talk about what we love about this film, because there is quite a bit. So tell us about your impressions of this film. Well, it was very emotional because lots of things were happening, lots of emotional things. You got happy and then you got sad. It was really exciting. Now, where did those emotions come from? How did that movie make you feel those emotions? Well, they basically came from when people were talking together because they all had a past relationship with each other. So they were all either talking really happy to each other or talking kind of sarcastic to each other. George Clooney, the master of sarcasms. I think he's funny. He's probably really a funny guy, even though he plays a lot of these dramatic movies. He's pretty funny in this film. Now, I gotta mention the director Brad Bird, who, if you don't know who he is, he's the director of The Incredibles, Iron Gi- The Iron Giant, and even one of the Mission Impossible films. He's a very underrated director and a very amazing director. So, tell, talk about, tell us about the direction style in this film. Well, he definitely did a lot of animation, as Kiefer just told you. So, it definitely gave him a wild mind for what he wanted to do. So, he had all these things planned out in his mind that are really hard to do in real life, as you can see as you watch the movie, but it just was really weird because he tried to do all these things that in most movies you would never have until five years from now. Totally agree. I think the mindset of an animation director, especially from a director's point of view, is, should be really, really fascinating. I mean, from live action films for one thing, but animation, there's, unless the budget is small, there's practically no boundaries of what you can do with animation. There's so many things you can create and explore with. With, with animation. So having an animated direct, a director who has animation experience to create a film that's moral is to have no boundaries, that's perfect. So direction style for this film was great. Now, I'm noticing that this film has gotten kind of well, average reviews, but not the best reviews. I disagree with the critics. I think it's absolutely amazing. I know I'm not going to always agree with the general critics, but what do you think that may be? And what what do you think may have the critics kind of like not enjoying it as much as we are? And what would you defend? How would you defend this film? Well, I do think that they might want to criticize it because they definitely use things that younger viewers might not like. But however, I think they did a really good job. So, how so I really don't know what they're saying. How so? Can you elaborate that with uh, how they did a good job? Well, they definitely put in a lot of work and they took things many times as every other movie, but they put in effort and new things that lots of other movie directors and personnel have never thought of. That's true. And I think another thing that makes this film fascinating is the message it tells and the note they leave you off of. So tell us about the message and how that's very impactful, especially for kids and also adults. Well, this movie was really good, and the lesson it taught was, well, there were basically two lessons. One, to never give up and nothing is impossible. And the second is, which wolf do you feed? Are you going to feed the dark one of darkness and despair, or the light one of hope and enlighteningness? Lightningness. I, I like that description of the wolf. That's very interesting. <laughs> I, I understand what you get in there. And yes, this film does leave you on a note that kind of very inspiring, and 
Walt Disney had this dream of creating a park and going no boundaries. That's what Tomorrowland is about. So I feel like this film really got the atmosphere of Tomorrowland. So thank you so much, Miles, for talking about Tomorrowland. It's been a pleasure. It's on DVD now, so please go check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Doozers from N-Circle Entertainment. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appetit! Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got talking about Tomorrowland, Inside Out DVD release, Suffragette, and Gem and the Holograms. Right now, we're going to be talking about Bridge of Spies and the Peanuts movie and Houdini. I'm with Fiona talking about, well, not really new. It's been out for a while, but still, it's creating a big stir with critics and audiences alike. Yes, it is the Steven Spielberg film, Bridge of Spies. Fiona, it's I'm nice to have you on the show again. <laughs> Pleasure with you, too. Okay, let's talk about this film because there's a lot to talk about. What were your impressions with this movie? I thought it was fantastic because it was based on a true story, but it was like the pace was a little slow, but I thought he did a wonderful job in this film. One of my only criticisms of that film as well, it does get a little bit slow at first and you're kind of trying to get into the story, but after a while you really get invested with the, with the, it's actually quite dialogue heavy in the first act, but yes. once it goes on, it's very enjoyable to watch. Now, this could be me because I'm, I've been, I love films so much, but I love Steven Spielberg so much, but this film to me felt like a straightforward film by him, which is not bad. It's still a masterpiece, but it's not as great as his other previous films. I'm unsure. Have you seen previous Spielberg films? I'm guessing you have. Um, yeah, I have, but this one, it, I thought, it, yeah, it was true. It was straight to the point, and the pace was a little slow, and it was, I got confused for a second, but then I got back on track. So it was straight to the point, but I thought it was pretty good for, like, a new comeback. Definitely. I'm always excited to see Spielberg back in the chair, but compared to his other films, I feel like he took more risks in his other films, like uh, Minority Report, like Minority Report and E.T. So, I love those films. I still like this film, but he has a bigger library of films, and that, of course, comes from his age, and let's be honest, he's not spring chicken anymore, but still, he's <laughs> absolutely amazing still. Now, let's talk about the history in this film. Now, I'm in high school, and I didn't 
fully grasp the situation of the Cold War. And as Spielberg once said that he hates making films of with stories that his teachers never taught him. Now, I think he knew enough about the Cold War to make this film, but still, I gotta keep it confused myself. So, tell us, how did how did the film get you invested with both the story and the history? Um, I think it was because of when um Tom Hanks, when he was basically traveling and going to the government to get the people back. So, that made me learn something new because it taught me about how the government was in action and that was pretty interesting and that that was the part that actually got me back on track. Actually, the scene you're talking about is one of the scenes that got me into it. Uh, the scene where we're showing the wall being brought up. Now, granted, I did not know what why the wall was going up, but after a few lines and hearing more of the dialogue, I kind of understood it, but still I had to come back home and just read more information about that, which I will say that's, a, that's another great thing about this film is it makes you really want to get into the history, but this this film is not really about, the, it centers around the history, but it's really about the two characters, Abel and James Donovan, which is played by Tom Hanks and Mark Rice Violence. So, let's talk about the acting in this film. Triana, what did you think of Tom Hanks? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, he was he was really good. He did an awesome job, and I thought character it was basically really straight to the point. I'm trying to get this done, and he loves his family, and I thought he did a wonderful, excellent, amazing job. Definitely. His character has, like, that kind of Atticus Finch mentality. If you have not seen Chicken the Mockingbird, we recommend it. Anywho, about what America... He's strong about what America stands for. And, that, again, when Tom Hanks talks about America... I believe it, because he is by far what America is. He is the most famous American actor and celebrity, so I, I'm buying whatever he says. But there's also another performance that I believe shines through this film, is, and the best performance in this film is by Mark Rylance, who plays Ab- um, Rudolf Abel, the Soviet spy, or so they say. So let's talk about his acting. Oh, he, for, for, like, for once, I thought he was like pretty creepy at first, because, I don't know, like he was like pretty standoffish, even though when he talked to James Donovan they had like a nice they were very friendly with each other but at first he was basically like very standoffish and but I thought he did also good but he was pretty calm yeah I don't know if standoffish is the word I could be wrong but yeah I think the word is calm yeah because he's it's running gag in his joke well you never worry would it help I mean it's it true I, I mean he he knows he's, he's just doing his job and he's doing it for his country and they said to do this and he, he just did it so if he's very honorable character and oh it's his performance is so beautiful because he doesn't say too much but he doesn't have to the story is all there on his face and he's a very talented actor now i gotta talk about the cinematography in this film there are some beautiful shots that really will stick out in the cinematic history so let's talk about that oh that was awesome it actually like looked like i was basically in the film just into what they were doing into the whole entire film i was so amazed because they got perfect shot of everything. I marvel at stuff like that. Because when I, especially since I'm trying to learn to do filmmaking, I see those shots like, how do they do that? That's just so beautiful awesome. and perfect. I mean, yeah, awesome. That's also a great word to use. It's, how do they do that stuff? And that's what's great about cinema. They put you in that story. They take the camera and they use this camera to, here's the camera. We're going to put you in this story and let the audience be invested. And it's so beautiful how they do it. So I'm happy to see Spielberg back in the director's chair. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Inside Out DVD release, Suffragette, and Jim and the Holograms. Right now, I'm going to be t- continuing talking about Bridges Spies of Triana. And we mentioned about the cinematography and how the camera angles are oh, absolutely spectacular. So let's talk about the music. I know it's not too much music, but there is some slight music in there. So let's talk about the music and also how the, po- the film is powerful with even a lack of music. I thought it was the music was pretty calm. I thought it was good that it actually wasn't that much music because that probably would have like took away from the film because the film was just straight to the point i'm just trying to make this point to everyone that's watching this film so i thought that it was good that actually there wasn't a lot of music because people probably would have got like more attracted to the music more than the movie even though this movie was excellent agreed and while i love music and film and i feel like without without music and film this there would be a missing aspect but when a director doesn't use music that's very that's very oh that's that creates an atmosphere because sometimes music 
really tells the audience you need to feel this emotions depending on what the music is, and that's good. But sometimes you need those moments where you just need it to be silence, and all you hear is just the actors talking and the dead silence sometimes because that create that makes the audience really think about what they should be feeling. So music's great, but I, I do like the the lack of music at some points because it did really gives the, the film its own atmosphere. So what would you say your favorite scene in this film was? My favorite scene would have to be when James B. Donovan's son is filling up the bathtub and the sink. And this part was so hilarious, but at the same time, it taught me a wonderful lesson that I would always, always be prepared if anything is going on, if any war is going on, or any type of danger is happening in my city or state. And that was an interesting scene because it, we could, it was James Donovan's kid who was filling up the bathtub, and because of the nuclear war, and this, that's what he said, fill up the bath, laying hands over your head on the desk when a nuclear war happens and all that stuff. And my mom in the audience was literally like coming down to my level and said, they showed those films when I was your age. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so it was, that was another, again, historical a- aspect to the film. I really got to show not only the perspective from James Donovan's, but his kids too, because he is putting his family at risk for what he is doing. And yeah, that was a good scene. So it, it added to the historical aspect of the film. So what would you say the message of this film is, even though they do tell us quite a bit in the trailer? I hope the message should be that you should always treat people fairly because sometimes you can actually exchange with someone or trade. Now, that's a very good That's a very good message. Uh, I remember there was a interview with Spielberg and Tom Hanks, and I, I'm not to quote, I'm, I am paraphrasing here, but he was asked about, it's, again, getting a little political, about what we should do with the spies we capture. And he says that we should never torture the spies we get. We should never treat them poorly because one, that's not what America stands for. We should be treating people equally and they're only doing it for their country. And two, that gives the other people, the other countries the right to torture our spies. Or And again, it's war and I'm, I'm not trying to get too political, I know, but it's, it's actually a very good message they do put in here about what we should do and what America stands for. It's very patriotic. I felt really patriotic watching this film. Like, yes, America! But it, it there was some dark elements. And speaking of which, did you feel like the, the dark elements in this film really did was too brutal for kids to watch? Maybe a little bit. It depends basically how the child might act or because I thought it was pretty good for me, but it's not, it's what might be different for someone else. So it depends, it depends what type of movies that you like to watch, basically. Definitely. I mean, some kids can handle more than others. But what would you say, like, be the general age range for this film? I think it should be 13 to 18. Well, and it, sh- it could be lower than that, but it mostly should just be 13 to 18, depending on your mature level. Definitely, especially with the slow pacing and also the history in this. I'm 15, and I fully understand the history, which says something about what I need to be learning and everything. So, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the film, even if I did have a lack of background information, but the film did execute that very well. How many stars would you give this film? I would give this film four out of five. And why? And is it is the lack of the one star because of the pacing? Yes. How did... I know that. Anywho, so, <laughs> well, thank you very much, Fiona, for talking about Bridge of Spies. I was happy to talk about Bridge of Spies, so thank you thank very you. much. so fun. Very pleasure. Let's take a break. This film is in theaters now, so let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Doozers from N-Circle Entertainment. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself. 
an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Bridge of Spines, Tomorrowland, Inside Out, Suffragette, and Gem and the Holograms. We are going to continue this absolutely amazing radio show with Connor talking about the Peanut movie and also his, his experience at the press event. Connor, it's happy to have you on your show. Great to be here. So let's talk about first the press event. You met quite a few great people at that. So... Um, tell us about who you met and how the experience was. I did. I met a lot of the cast. I met Craig and I met the director. And with the press, it was cool because we were around the table. There wasn't like a lot of loud noises or anything or distractions. So it was kind of easy to talk to them. But at the same time, you had to keep the questions limited because they do have places to be. Definitely. And you had the blessing of actually having a nice enclosed area and not on the side of a street on a red carpet. So there yeah. you go. That was That's a blessing right there, believe me. <laughs> so um, Greg, meaning Greg Schultz, the son of actual creator of the Peanuts, Charles Schultz. So, tell us about what the questions you asked them and what answers they gave you, if you can remember them. Well, I mostly just asked him if he was nervous to continue his dad's work and kind of like how much inspiration he drew from it. And just sort of the questions you would have for him because his dad created these characters that he's now continuing. And I would imagine that would be very scary because especially if it's um, if someone very close to you, especially a family member, created this indelible characters and these in these the peanuts have lived long lived for a long time just been in a lot of our culture and television to bring it back would be pretty scary you want to live up to that so did you see this film i did now yes I'm, you did okay so did you feel like it's this is a hard question so did you feel like did it live up to the i guess the general atmosphere and the tone of what peanuts was known for well from what i know of the peanuts because i wasn't around way back when but I did see some cartoon specials and stuff. I think it does, and I really think it captures that, like, the characters are still the same, but more new, I guess you could say. I don't know. I don't and that, know. Is, that, that is an unfair question to ask you, I'm sorry, because you you didn't particularly grow up with it, um, with the Peanuts, and I guess that would be another question to ask somebody else, but maybe maybe a different question. Did you feel that like this film actually introduced this generation to Peanuts that would, that they would like to see more of it? I do, actually. Okay. The characters... With the way they did it are in some part like here are the characters you know and love we're back and we're doing this and in other ways it's like hi we're the peanuts this is who we are and what we do type thing definitely so that's a nice introduction to this generation now when i saw the trailers for this trailer for this i know for peanuts being hand-drawn almost especially television specials hand-drawn and almost comic book strip type of animation. This is CG. Now, I'm not anti-CG. I have not seen the film, but I feel like that just putting, making the peanut CG did kind of kill a little bit of the innocence and the simplicity of what peanuts were known for. Because they were very, well, the story, well, it was very nostalgic and they lived on for a long time. They, they weren't known for the best animation. So, did you feel like the animation kind of did make it too modern, I would say? No, but I can't exactly tell you why, because then I'd be spoiling part of the movie. But let's 
let's just say that it's not entirely lost. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And that's, of course, the first impression. So I obviously need to see this film to make sure that what I'm think, what I'm believing is right. So let's also talk about the characters. Of course, we know them. Charlie Brown and all the, and Snoopy. So what are the new characters that are introduced in this film? There's a little red-headed girl. For some reason, she doesn't have a name. She's just called uh, the red-headed girl. <laughs> there is Fifi, who's kind of like a female Snoopy. And then there's just... Well, they're not new, but they're just some of the uh, background Peanuts characters. I didn't know their name before this, and they kind of make sure you know their name. I see. So well, let's talk about the story. What kind of... I feel like the story was very investing. It's not, like, as deep as, like, what you were talking about way back at the beginning with your, like, Bridge of Spies or anything like that. <laughs> I would not imagine that. <laughs> it's, it's pretty It's pretty basic, but it also is... Yeah, I'd say it's engaging for younger and older audiences in the fact that it is engaging, but it's not going to be super deep because it's the Peanuts. And it sticks to its roots. And in I, I'm actually happy to hear that. I was just wondering, yeah. No, Peanut movie is just Bridge of Spies, Cold War atmosphere hidden. It's just- be a totally different film though, because that's yeah, hilarious. <laughs> no, that's actually great. I'm, I'm, that's what I was kind of getting for both engaging and also the simplicity is still there, and that's what the peons are known for, and that's I'm happy to hear that. So, what would you say your favorite scene from this film is, without spoiling too much, of course? I don't know if you could call it a scene; it's more like a moment. But I really like Snoopy's kind of like pilot World War II type fantasies. Like they're not super violent or anything, but they're just like really funny because like. In his head, he'll be flying or shimmying across a rope or something, and then it'll cut to reality, and it'll really be him just, like, on Christmas lights or in the neighborhood or something, and it just was hilarious, the back and forth. We've all been there. We've all believed that we were doing something really in reality. We're just doing some silly things. Now, um, here's a good question. What old television show would you like to see be made into a movie that hasn't been made into a movie yet? I don't know. I'm having trouble thinking of old TV shows right now. I did not prepare for that. I don't know. I don't know. I'll think well, of it later, and then I'll be like, oh, man, I wish I said that on the show. Maybe, maybe that can be a debate question. Maybe that can be a different thing. Tune in next time, guys. Maybe we'll do something like that. Well, thank you so much, Connor, for talking about the Peanuts movie, and it's been a pleasure. You should go see it. It is out on November 6th in 3D. Yeah, oh, thank you for actually mentioning that. You took my job. That's Sorry. fantastic. Oh, no, it's fine. Th- thank you for doing that. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. And we just got talking about the Peanuts movie, The Bridge of Spies, Tomorrowland, Inside Out, Suffragette, and Gem, and the Holograms, all in one breath. So it's been a busy show. We're going en- to end the show with Ryan talking about, from N-Civil Entertainment, Houdini. Thank you for being here, Ryan. Happy to see you on the show again. Hi, Kiefer. Thank you for having me here again. It's a pleasure, buddy. So, talk about what you liked about Houdini. What I really enjoyed about Houdini was the plot itself because when I first saw the movie, it had like a goal. And it seemed like very predictable about the goal because the goal was that Harry wanted to uh, the main character's name is Harry, and he wanted to pursue his dreams and make it into the... I don't want to spoil it, so I'm trying to, like... Uh, he wants to win a contest so he can be famous because he wants to do uh, magic. As you can see, the name's Houdini, so he wants to be a magician. And he finds his contest, and the prize is, if he wins, he gets to perform in New York City. And he's like he wants to accomplish that dream, so... And when he does that he meets a magician who helps him out. Oh, that's very interesting. So it's like a kind of a, not really about Houdini, but a person who wants to be like Houdini. May you repeat that? So it's, is, is, so is this show about Houdini himself, or is it about a kid who wants to be like Houdini? This is not a show, it's a movie. Movie, sorry. And in Houdini, it is just showing how Harry started from and how it, how he ended. And it showed that when I first began, he wasn't really good. He mostly did the same tricks. And then as he went to New York, he started to get better and better because of a magician. And as he got better, his magic improved. And that really helped him become a better magician. Oh, so it is actually about Houdin. Well, I'm glad to see an origin about Houdin. It sounds like a cute concept. And... Let's be honest, I don't th- this Houdini kid, he obviously didn't become that famous. He's not that 
famous. <laughs> I don't think it's a cute concept seeing Harry Houdini, the one of the biggest magicians of our time, actually see his origin stories from actually a kid's film. So that looks absolutely adorable. So what was about this film that was really interesting, especially how it incorporated magic into it? Something that there's a scene in particular particularly I found interesting and the scene was that the magician was teaching him how to do magic trick and I liked how the magic trick was shown because you could obviously do it at home with no problem and I really enjoyed it because I never thought about this magic trick before and when you see it you would want to do it at home and it was a really a cool magic trick that I never heard of. That sounds very interesting. And what was it about this film that also, did you want to become a magician after this? Or do you feel like that people who, young little magicians, will actually like this, watch this film? I think that kids who want to become a magician, because I don't want to be a magician, because I tried before and it's really hard to think huh. of ideas about, about being a magician. But kids uh. who want to be magicians, this movie may like inspire them to try new ideas and... This would be a great idea for inspiration, this movie. Yeah, doing magic is, I can imagine, is hard. I've tried to do some card tricks, failed. And uh, this film sounds, especially to show that Harry Houdini himself had to try again and again and again before he became one of the most famous magicians of all time. So that's actually very interesting. So Anita Porting Fred, I need to stop saying that. What, was you, what would you say your favorite character in this film was? My favorite character would have to be Harry because even I I was he's not my favorite character because he's the main character. I like this character because when things became tougher and he had to make decisions, I felt like I could relate to him because a lot like when you want to pursue your dreams, it's so it becomes very difficult at some point and Harry never gave up. He always tried to do his best. He, he thought of some methods, and that reminded me of me. That's always a great character, a character that you can identify with and relate to. That's absolutely fantastic. And Harry Houdini, I mean, this is, he's an actual real person, dude. So I'm curious, does this film follow any of, like, maybe the history in this Houdini, or was it really played down and maybe it was a little bit more of a fantasy-type film? It wasn't a fantasy. It was very realistic. So it was okay. so it wasn't really like there was unicorns and made up stuff because this movie actually takes place in the 1800s, and then this is before technology. And Harry is trying to practice, and he finds some magician who helps him. But one thing that I'll say is a fantasy is there's a um, a robot character. Oh. And robots were not in the eighteen in the eighteen hundreds, and the robot may be a little bit fake. Everything else was realistic. And one more thing that was fake was they tried bringing elements, like elements like electricity, fire, and special effects. And some of that parts were not realistic. They were more like fantasies. Well, we were starting to get figure out trying some tech electronics, but. Again, I can understand. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for talking about Houdini. A pleasure to have you back on the show. Thank you for having me here again. Check out this film in, on ncircleentertainment.com. It is, sounds like an absolutely amazing film. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. And to check out our latest reviews and red carpet events, go to kidsfirst.org. Also, check out our blogs and Huffington Post. We are produced by Coalition for Quality Tunes Media. We believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Our show is sponsored by Doozers from N-Circle Entertainment. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.